Today on Locked on Blue Jackets, we are finishing off our week of prospect profiles with uh, someone who might be the biggest steal in the draft. Today we're talking to Joel Henderson of FC Hockey and Puck Preps all about Jagger Furcus on Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you all of the news and the stories and everything you could want to know about the Columbus Blue Jackets or potential future Columbus Blue Jackets, and also my dog, who has decided he wants to be on this episode of the podcast. Uh, today, we've got Joel Henderson back to round off our week of prospect profiles, and uh, we're talking about Jagger Furcus, who I feel like he's not getting as much love as he should in terms of the uh, coolest name award potential, but uh, he's a really, really exciting player, and uh, super excited to talk to Joel about him, so I'm just going to uh, get right into it. So yesterday we talked about a defenseman from Moose Jaw. Today we're going to talk about a forward from Moose Jaw. I have once again got uh, WHL scout Joel Henderson here. And today we're talking about, I think, safe to say, his favorite player in the draft. And continuing in with our theme of uh, talking about players with uh, great names. So uh, let's talk about, let's talk about Jagger Furcus. Why do you like him so much? I guess we'll, we'll start with. Um... Jagger is pure offense. He's pure offensive intellect. He's pure offensive reactionary. He has ridiculous puck control. His He can change the angle of his shot. He can change the angle of his pass. He can do about as many things with the puck on his stick as you'd want somebody to do. He can cut. He can carve. He can handle the puck at the end of his reach. He can snap short side. Any bit of space or thing or whatever that you give him, Jagger can turn that into an offensive chance. And he's one of those guys with the finesse to be able to finish in all sorts of ways too. So Jagger is the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate boom and bust in this draft. And if you had to get me to name, if you if there isn't there isn't many players in this draft that have more um, just pure skill than Jagger does. And so that's why I love him. Yeah, he, I mean, we were just talking about, you know, um, in last episode with Matejuk was third on the team in scoring. Uh, Jagger Furcus had 80 points in 66 games, which mm-hmm. to me feels like people should be talking about him more. And then I was like, right, let me just scroll back up to his stats. And he's 5'10", 155 pounds. I'm like, oh, that's why. That's why no one's talking about him. It's you know, it's I think to a lesser extent the Savoy c- controversy, quote unquote. Yeah, because you know, he's Savoy is. I mean, even Savoy is like he's like five nine hundred eighty or something like that. So it's uh, he's got power and strength, you know, and he can kind of use those things. But no, Jagger is just he's pure skill. Um, as he kind of said, I think that um, there was an interview that I watched of his where they said like. Um, you know, do you like that people maybe underestimate you because you're small? And he just said, I don't care. I've always been small. And so it's just like, he's a dude that's just like, I don't really care. I put up, I, 
I led our team in scoring. Like, I like, what do you want me to do? Like, it's just, it's one of those things where it's just like, he, um, you can talk about, you know, his small play and those all sorts of things, but the amount of things in his toolkit to be able to get around that and to get over that is as full of a toolkit as you can imagine. Yeah. I feel like eventually we're going to have to stop saying that players are too small to play in the NHL. Like obviously Cole Caulfield didn't have the ideal year this year, which I still think Dominic Deschamps should maybe be in jail for what he did to Cole Caulfield's rookie (laughs) season. But like, Braden Point is undersized. Alex Debrinka is a two-time 40-goal scorer. Um, Johnny Gaudreau, obviously, who you've watched a lot, I imagine, you know, was lights out this season for Calgary. Like, at some point, we have to stop being like, these players are too small to play in the NHL and just, like, accepting that sometimes small guys can just just rock. Like, these guys rule, you know? Well, and and it's... it's, um... I think the discussion around, like, I think it used to be as pure as you like to say, where it was just like, oh, this guy's too small to play in the NHL. But I think it's really evolved into, like, you're only too small in to play in the NHL if you don't have the skills to be able to, like, get around that. And so normally in the past, it was just like, you know, when you're talking about a guy who was smaller, what you wanted them to do is you wanted to be described as, like, bulldogs, a mean, like, he doesn't back down from anyone, yada, yada, yada. But every now and then you do come across those guys that just have so much skill and so um, just such an incredible high level of puck possession, high hockey IQ, and do all of those things to be able to like really leverage themselves. And I think we're seeing more of those guys come into the NHL, as you said, and start to get success and start to get success early when they're smart, when they're tactically strong, and they're just incredible at puck possession. I think this year, probably the the best version of that is probably Seth Jarvis, you know, but even Seth Jarvis, I think when he was drafted was, you know, 180 pounds. Um, but he's not a big guy. He doesn't play big. Like he doesn't go and be mean in the corner sorts of things. He outsmarts you. Um, he's a possession player. He's, he's got speed. He's got tactics. He's got reach. Um, he's got that pinpoint accuracy on a, on a wrist shot too. So he's one of those guys that like, you know, maybe you, he's not the, the six foot two, 225 forward warrior that people want for a playoff run but also he's got so much skill that how do you ignore him because he's going to be you know he's going to be a top six staple for carolina for years and i think um the discussion around Fergus is exactly what we talked about is like i think he weighed in at the combine at 151 and from the whl as far as like really high-end skill guys the only guy that i could kind of go back to see someone really on his potential was um was um the forward a few years ago for florida he ended up going in the second round for them and and the 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 worries at least were just always the the, what they call like a two-way work rate it's just like if the offense isn't coming are you battling two ways are you making sure you've got your man are you are you working hard in the corners are you you know what i mean like are you giving that two-way effort and i think for some teams they'll be kind of scared off uh, from jagger because of that because he he doesn't necessarily do all that sort of stuff. He's, you know, he is sometimes the the last guy back and defensively. Um, he isn't trying to muscle you off pucks. He's very similar to Denton in that way where he'd much rather skate into your lane and make sure that you can advance your play and just take the puck away from you tactically. He's also a guy when he goes into the corners, um, he's always shoulder checking to see where the pressure is coming from because he can make you look foolish in lots of different ways. He can get the puck and quickly move it um, if he knows any season outlet, he can get the puck and escape, 
or he can like sidestep and let yourself look foolish by going head first in the boards and then take the puck and leave. Like he's just smart. And so when you are smaller than everybody, you got to figure out ways to be effective and Jagger does. Yeah. I, I can't remember if this was something we were talking about, like on mic or off mic. We talked a lot. We talked a little bit about Columbus loves to draft guys that are just fun, skilled guys, you know? And I feel like Fergus definitely falls into, into that category. So do you like, is there a place for him on Columbus? Do you think, I feel like he's not going to go 12th. He could. And uh, this is something we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit, but like if the blue jackets are like, Hey, why not? We'll take Fergus at 12. Like, is that, is that a good fit? Do you think? Um, I, I, I don't know. Once again, like I think with the way that we were talking about with Columbus is I think, I think Columbus has collected skill and now they're, I think, if you're building their roster, if they're committing to the group that they have, which is, you know, that young of like Line A and and Sillinger and Kent Johnson and this, you know, kind of next wave that they're building in, you need some you need some two-way guys. You need some smart guys that are very versatile. You need guys that make every line mate better, you know, in particular of what they're doing. They, they you know, they play heavier minutes, they play harder matchups, they play all that sorts of things. You need to build around that. And Jagger isn't that. He's Jagger is the game breaker. He's the guy that, like, like I said, he's an absolute home run swing. And um, because he, you know, there's a lot of guys in this draft where I look at them and I go, I just don't see any way that you become a top line forward. And I do, there is, I think there is a chance that Jagger becomes a top line forward. Um, so he is that boomer bust kind of guy. I don't know that it's necessarily the best fit for Columbus, but like you said, like, it's really easy to just draft talent. And then figure it out later where you yeah. just go, like, we're just going to, we think he's the, he's going to be the best player has a chance to be the best player. So we'll take him and he's not going to be ready for, you know, probably three or four years. So what do you do? Like if he ends up being a superstar in our minors and we have to adjust later on, like fine. In a minute, we're going to go back to our conversation with Joel about Jagger Fergus. But first, I want to tell you about betonline.net. It is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. You can find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, uh, which just finished last night, I think, actually. So uh, don't put put money on that. Uh, The Stanley Cup final, Major League Baseball, and, of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA, UFC, to boxing. The uh, second game of the Stanley Cup final is uh, tonight. So if you want to put some money on Colorado taking a 2-0 series lead, or maybe you want to guess who's going to score the game-winning goal, uh, you know, my money might be on Andre Burakovsky doing the thing again. You can do all of that at Bet Online. They are your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action because Bet Online is where the game starts. Yeah, I feel like the the like the, the glue guys are for the second to seventh rounds. <laughs> sure, you know, like <laughs> this is something else. Like the, the like, uh, we can draft like, the Boone Jenners later you know. if we could, if yeah. we want to have a, a Jagger Fergus now. Um, that being said, he's another one of these players that seems to have a huge margin when you look at like the the draft list. I just had it up. Yeah. Uh, he's ranked. He's ranked 12th in North American skaters. Uh, he's ranked 18th by Craig Bunn. And then FC Hockey has, has him at 52. You know? So from 18 to 52 is a massive yeah. jump. Well, as someone who's a part of FC Hockey, I think you're going to see him rise from that ranking. Yeah. I believe, if I remember correct. 
I mean, um, yeah, I don't know when these when these rankings get updated yeah, yeah. or whatever, but I just I, I pull them from Elite Prospect, sure. and so they have yeah. like a list of a bunch of different ones. So, and, but to be honest, I think I think that's um, I think that you probably have different teams that were like that. Like, so there were some teams that I talked to, and some scouts that I talked to, and then like both I think in the NHL and outside of whatever, where I think the risk aversion with Jagger is that you you want to take a guy like that in the second round because there is risk. But here's the thing about this draft, and I think we've kind of talked about it for a while, which is just like if every player, if every player in the first round, like outside of a certain point, their upside is is middle six and they're probably a third line player. When do you swing on the guy with top line upside? And so there's gonna be teams that have him very, very high in their rankings. And um and to be honest, I think like as I move into my own personal rankings with him too, um, you're going to start to see that I am, I'm a believer in the kid. And I think that as I look at these guys specifically in the WHL as well, where I kind of have them mirrored and and have been comparing him to all of these years, I've just come down to the decision that I would take him before I would take quite a few of them. Um, I think he'll probably end up second on my list on my draft list as far as WHL players. Yeah, it's always so interesting to me because I feel like obviously different scouts value different things and then different ranking lists. Like I know uh, the Bob McKenzie one is super accurate because he obviously is the insider of all insiders. So I feel like yeah. his is based on talking to teams and asking, well, who, who are you going to pick? And then he built his list from that as opposed to ranking best players. But it's always so interesting to talk to different scouts who clearly value different things and have, you know, Obviously, you've got a guy like Ferkus second on your list of, of WHL prospects. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't aware of the guy until maybe last week when I started looking kind of past the kind of past the top 15 to 20 players. And I was like, oh, this kid seems this kid seems fun. Wait a minute. He's leading his he led his team. He had 80 points and no one's talking about him. But he seems like a guy that is um, kind of like Kevin Koczynski, which we didn't really mention in, in the episode, was he feels like he's a guy that is kind of the the opposite of what happened with Brad Lambert, who was kind of ranked second overall for a while, and then has just, people now are like, maybe he'll go in the first round, maybe. Yeah. Ferkus seems to have kind of had the opposite trajectory where he was ranked quite low, and then as people are kind of more and more aware of him, they're like, oh, actually, this kid's good, and he's just plummeting up the up the rankings. Well, and I, I think in the comparison that I made too is is just like with, with Seth Jarvis, is Seth Jarvis was a guy in his draft year that started off as a projectable second round pick, something in there. And I remember, I think early in the season I wrote about him is that he has the skills to be able to kind of define his own future. That I think if he makes a push and he really starts to showcase his top, his top end ability, he's smart enough to be able to really kind of bust through in this draft. And then he did. And then kind of when it came to the draft, um, you know, it was just like, um, it would it be reasonable for Seth Jarvis to go somewhere in that 10 to 15 range? I think you'd have teams that would say, absolutely not. And then you had Carolina that said, yes, please. <laughs> and so it's, it, you know, I mean, it just comes down to like potential, whatever. Like I think, and I think Fergus is in that realm, but like there are a few comparables as far as style and plist, uh, like, and um, you know, things that I do like, Here's the reality is that like I think I see a lot of I think I see a lot of Jagger Furcus um in the play of Elias Pettersson, but Pettersson was 180 pounds when he was drafted, you know, and so he was still slight and they thought he was thin and he thought he was because he was 6'2, 180, but he had the reach. 
He had the ability to evade. He had the ability to react. He had the ridiculous puck control. He had a good wrist shot. Um, he was sneaky with what he did. He was just so tactically strong. And Fergus is that. He's just 5'10", 151 pounds. And so, like, I don't think he's going to be the BL end-all. And I think um, from other discussions that I've heard about him, um, he's just basically spent the last, like, few years skilling it up, you know, to kind of bring that term from uh, earlier this year. He's just been adding skill, 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 skill. And so I think he kind of understands at this point now that, like, part of being a pro and moving to the next level is just getting strength and size and the ability to kind of once again uh, there's tactics that he's learned how to be a good player by being smaller and now it's just like you're going up against bigger stronger faster guys your tactics will still work but you have to have survivable abilities like we don't want you to get injured out there uh, a guy just really just taking you off of your feet so it's just like you know i think if he can get to you know i don't know how tall he's gonna be but if he gets to 511 you know, 175 pounds. I think that that that's that's a very 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 playable weight um, for the what he does kind of thing at the NHL level. So it's going to take some work. It's going to take some some very strategic eating habits and stuff in the gym and size and strength and that kind of thing. There's going to be teams that are very curious about building his strengths, but the reality is just just like I said, the, his offensive toolkit, his creativity, his 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 hockey IQ, it's off the charts. And um, so he's a guy that there's a world where. He, he never plays the NHL, and there's a world where he's a top-line forward. So uh, I would bet on him personally. He'd be a guy in this draft that in the right spot, I think, especially in that, like, in those teens. Like, I think if you can get him there, I think you're you're laughing. Um, but like you talked about here, like, a part of the ranking, too, is that um, he was flying around under the radar, I think, for a lot of people, and a lot of teams are really hesitant on him. Uh, and then they went to the top prospects game, and he made a couple of plays that got people out of their seats. And so, like, he made a couple of drag plays in, in transition, and he he sniped a goal and made a couple of passes where people just went, oh. like, these is the best players in this draft, and the most skilled plays that we're seeing is coming out of Jagger. And so you can't ignore that. And for me, those are players that I go, <laughs> you have the hard part figured out. Um, we just have to make sure that you're survivable at the next level. And um, to me, I personally, that's a kid I want. I Give me the skill. Give me the skill. We'll figure it out later yeah i feel like people always talk about you can't teach size and like obviously you, you can't but i feel like you also can't teach iq you know and the kid the kid's only i mean is he 18 yet no i don't think so uh yeah he turned end of the last month he turned okay. April. he turned 18 so he's barely barely 18 you know he's still a kid he's not done growing you know he could have it's not unheard of that he has another growth spurt and maybe hit six foot you know yeah. but i feel like you can't you also can't teach hockey iq you know I'd, I'd rather have a smaller smarter player than someone who's like six five and only knows how to hit you know yeah. um so i think sometimes in this draft it comes down to like it comes down to philosophy in the rooms of scouting whereas like when people talk about potential what they talk about is they'll talk about um trying to mold a, a defenseman who's six four where you just go like his gap control is not the great, you know, he's kind of his outlet passes, yada, yada, yada. And certainly with forwards too, where it's just like, you know, like he has an okay shot, but if we just added more strength or this and this and this, and it's just like, how do you fix Jagger Furcus? You make him stronger. That's it. And so the thing is, this is like, what are you worried about? You're worried about his battles? Well, he'll be more inclined to battle when he's stronger. Because there's times when he was in board battles and stuff and people just pushed him over. 
Like it's just like he's wrestling for the Falcons and he just went boof. And he was like, whoop. So like it's, it's listen, as someone who is five ten and plays like adult hockey, like I get it, you know? Yeah. Sometimes guys hit me and oh, there's nothing I can do about it. But I feel like that that could potentially work out in his favor because like, okay, he's gonna play against guys that are bigger in him than the NHL. That's what he's doing right now. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but also bigger. But once again, like tactically and smart, like there was in in um, in the playoffs, Moose Jaw was up against um, was up against the Winnipeg Ice, who was just they have a loaded amount of talent. Like so does Moose Jaw, but but you know Winnipeg had the first second. You know they've got Geeky, they've got some where they got a really really well put together roster. Whereas Moose Jaw still has like another couple of years to build with this group. Um, but so with Fergus, there was times when he's in heavy on the forecheck. He's the first guy in there, and they've got like two defensemen trying to get the puck from him, and another center trying to fish the puck out of his feet. He didn't give him an inch. He's just like shouldering this guy off, and then trying to drag with his foot, gets us to a stick. They knock it back in. He whatever. And so like there was a couple of board battles where it was like a three on one against him, and he came out with the puck, or he was able to get maneuver a place where he was able to pass to a teammate. And you're just like. You know, regardless of the skill, regardless, regardless of the size, regardless of this, regardless of whatever, like he he doesn't shy away from big moments and stuff too. And um, he's he's one of those kids that once again, if you're if you're looking at an electrifying potential player, like he's it, he's it in a nutshell. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you about his his weaknesses, but I feel like his weaknesses are mostly that he weighs one hundred and. 50 pounds you know but if you you know obviously in a, in a perfect world you'd be like how, how do you make him a better player well you make him grow three inches you know what what can yeah. he work on like the, what aspect of his game can he turn up to a training camp and a coach would be like right do this this and this is it literally just go to the gym and and get bigger or is there things in his game that are like oh if you like if you tweak this one thing or you do this, then it'll make it so much easier to play against these bigger guys. Yeah, no, I, I think I think whoever drafts him and brings him into camp, the part of camp that you're going to do with it, I think they do it with all of their prospects and stuff too, mm-hmm. is there's, I've seen a lot of different camps where they, they run through, not only are they running through all the other stuff, they run through nutrition with them. They teach a lot of the kids how to like cook on their own. How to cook, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like this is, if you want to be a pro, this is how the pros think about their diet. This is how the pros think about this aspect and stuff too. So there's a lot of teams that run through that in particular, but with Jagger, um, especially if I'm targeting him as a first round pick, I would just spend the money and make sure that he's connecting with a nutritionist and connecting with um, somebody who can privately kind of work with him in the gym. And it's hard to do, I think, in a pro- with a you know as a prospect if you're traveling and going all over everywhere. But it's just something to continually work on. Like at the, you know, like you're not going to bulk him overnight. What you're just trying to do is set up good habits for him. So you're just going like, here's how we're going to turn change your diet. Like it's going to be, we're going to get more protein into you. We're going to get more of this. We're going to try to st- we're going to try to start building muscle. And so we're going to start to try build muscle in the lower body. You're going to do more of these kinds of things. Like I'm not a complete gym rat, but the reality is, is just, he's got to get some more, you know, lower body strength. He's got all of, like I said, he's got all of the tactics things. You're not trying to make him a bulky player. You're just trying to, you're just trying to make him more, you're trying to add core strength. You're trying to add leg strength. You're trying to do all that sort of stuff. Um, It's just, yeah, the reality is if you want to highlight real from the WHL, um, the guy that you want to watch is Jagger Fergus because he put together some things where very, very, 
if you if you really pay attention, it's just like he scored goals in just a, when the goaltender opened up that small little window short side and he sniped it. And he and you, it's like, oh wow, he just manipulated that guy's feet. Oh wow, I can't believe he did. like. Just there's so many things where it just kind of brings you out of your seat, where you're like, there's no one even in this draft that's like capable of that stuff. Because um, once again, he's five ten, but he's got a huge wingspan, and he protects the puck in all sorts of body angles and all sorts of body spaces. So he's very hard to get the puck from, and uh, he's just one of those guys that offensively in the flow of things, he makes everyone better. And then the other thing too, I think when you add strength, then you just you one of those things that you gradually add as well is you just you encourage him especially when he turns pro that it's just like you can't shy away from this two-way play okay you got to get back and back check and be a little bit more um assertive in in making sure that you take your man making sure you're stick checking making sure you're getting that inside body position and you can do that but it's just at this level at this stage of the game it's just like if i was a coach and he was just like can i just focus all on offense i'm more inclined to be like yeah, man, like yeah, we need a couple goals here and like we need you. So, you know, and so he's kind of that guy too. So, yeah, um, I feel like there's a, such a, and this was more of a problem with John Tortorella is I feel like there's such a, a, a need or like an instinct with coaches to be like, you have to be a two-way player. You have to be able to play defense. Like some guys are just good at, and that's like, I think that's why Patrick Lyon didn't have a very good season last year is because they tried to make him into this two, two-way 200-foot player. And he's, he's Patrick Lyon you put him on that face-off top, and you get the puck to him. You know, and I feel like Terry Focus is obviously he doesn't have that kind of. I don't think you put him in that kind of Ovechkin line a like and to a certain extent Steven Stamkos style. Yeah. If you just put him in one spot and watch him fire the puck, but you play like he feels like a player that you put in a position to yeah. succeed. Well, the thing is, is, there's a lot of players in the NHL that are finesse players that are just incredible, incredible players that have. You know, Fergus has a terrific one-timer shot. That he just didn't ever really get to use because he, he plays with a guy very often who uh is more of the one-timer guy so fergus is more of the setup guy like we talked about this on the power play institute but like fergus ran the power play like yeah. for a good period of time where he was the guy at the back because his control his puck control his vision the way that he sets up plays and then he had a shot to be able to like one time from the point too so like he's got an array of plays like there was i was talking to a scout one time and they were like they were like, yeah, but does Furcus have that shot to be able to be more of that exterior player at the NHL? And I was like, yeah, he does. And he was like, he does? And I was like, yeah, man, watch his shot. Like, it's just like he can blast one-timers. He can finesse pucks. If you put a poor puck in his feet, he will still get that shot off and get off that shot accurate. He has so – he's so adaptable and that kind of thing. And I think, once again, when you think about the players who um, are at the NHL level and are some of the stars at the certain level – it's just like, you know, the Sebastian Ajos, the Johnny Gaudreau's, the Artemi Panarin's, the Elias Pettersons. They're not the guys that you're just like, oh, they're winning every puck battle in the corner by being a beast. It's just like, nope, they're an offensive force and they're, and they're great at it. And so, like, once again, I'm not comparing those guys, you know, I'm not comparing him to those players, but I'm just saying that, like, when you have as much talent as Jagger Furcus is, you just do everything you can to try to make it work. And the people who go, ah, he'll never work, he'll never work, he'll never work, are just going to be one of those people who are mad when Jagger scores his first, like, 16-point season. So, like, the range of possibilities for him is very wide, but the payoff is very huge. Yeah. He feels like a player that's going to make every team that didn't draft him pay. Yep. You know? Um, in the same way that, like, I feel like every... T- I feel like Alex Dabrinka is one of those players where, like, you're going to put you draft me in the second round, I'll show you, you know? Um, but well, once again, I... Like with the range of outcomes, like I said, I went back to like in my mental, in my mental like 
memory of like, here's guys that I think have similar playing styles to them. What were they at the draft? Like how, how heavy were they? And, you know, one of them, so I looked at like Sebastian Ajo, who was ranked 17th in European ranking by central scouting. Like he was, and everyone was shocked when he went top of the second round, but Ajo was like a hundred, you know, he was 180 pounds, I think 175, 180. Um, Pedersen was 180. The only one from the WHL, I couldn't remember his name earlier, but it was Alexi Heponiemi. Mm. So Alexi Heponiemi had like a hundred point seasons in the dub, but um, due to the fact that he was 148 or 147 pounds, I think yeah. at the draft, it really like, you know, it's taken him a while and he still hasn't really broken into the NHL. And so that's an outcome as well, where you look at the control that Fergus has and that kind of thing. But Hapo Niemi was a complete um, perimeter player. He was in the WHL. He was just always, 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 always on the perimeter. And Jagger looks for those areas to cut into the center. And so he doesn't shy away from those areas if they come to him. So I think, and Hapo Hepo Niemi wasn't a goal scorer. He was a pure playmaker. And so Fergus has the goal scoring aspect too. So it's like, once again, like there's a range of outcomes kind of there too, but like you might be a team that looked at someone like Hepo Niemi and go like, I think that's who Jagger Fergus is going to be. Or you might be someone that looks like that, what Seth Jarvis did this year and you go like, that's possible too. Yeah. So if people who want to learn more about, I guess, WXL prospects in, in general or Jagger Fergus specifically, uh, <laughs> where can where can people find you and uh, and your work? Because the draft is uh, man, the draft's like three weeks away at this point. It's coming, it's coming up. Yeah, it's not too far away. Uh, I'm excited. I'm going to be in Montreal for it. I'm going to be at the event, so it's going to be my first live uh, event there, which is I think is just going to be an absolute blast. So I'll get to see the reaction when someone goes way too high or way too low, and I get to hear for all of the same reasons. Um, I think when you just cover this draft, you just get to the point where you're just a fan of all of them. And then you're just curious. Like, it's just like, I'm so curious how all of these guys are going to work out. And, um, and I think it's great. And I, I'm cheering for all of them. But if you want to find my work, I am on Twitter at dat hockey dough. Um, you know, some people go like, Oh, I like baseball. I like, I like football. And I go, yeah, that dat hockey dough. And, uh, and then as well. So I, the two outlets that I work for is I'm the, um, is I am the director of scouting for puck preps which covers, um, you know, uh, mostly, you know, a lot of Western Canada, but then as well as the U.S. I watch a lot of U.S. hockey as well. And so we cover everything from North America, every uh, kids from the ages of, uh, you know, 14 through through 19 kind of thing. And uh, and so all these upcoming guys for the draft, like I was watching Jagger Fergus and had articles on him last season when he was playing. And so he was one of those guys that I was curious how he was going to do this year. And he did as well as I thought he was going to. Um, and uh, but then as well as if you want to do more particular draft coverage uh, fc hockey i'm a contributor there you can go and read a lot of my profiles a lot of these kids anywhere from the whl and a few more that i did i think around the world junior time so fc hockey puckpreps.com and uh you can find me on twitter at that hockey dome and that's all i've got for you today uh next week we'll be getting back to our uh season reviews we're gonna be taking a look at uh, eric robinson on Monday, so keep an eye out for the Twitter poll on uh, what kind of grade you think he's getting. Big thanks to Joel for coming to talk to me about a bunch of different WHL prospects. You can find him over at Dat Hockey Doe, D A T Hockey D O E. You can find me over at underscore Jacob Foster, J K O B F O R S T E R. You can find the podcast at L O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at locksonbluejackets at gmail.com. And until the weekend's over. Make sure you stay locked on.